So, Smitty, you know Brooklyn best. Mm-hmm. Y'all very observant. Brooklyn mm-hmm. is very observant. Right. Besides, he worked at Rikers, so mm-hmm. he had to be, he had no choice but to be observant of certain mannerisms mm-hmm. that were going on. Mm-hmm. So, we got in a car, and it, no, it, actually, the first thing we saw somebody across the street in a car just sitting there kind of looking at what was going on, like turning their head a bit and, you know, every which way we saw, he saw that activity. He said, uh, hey, you got somebody, uh, um, you got somebody waiting on you. And she was like, no, 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 nobody's waiting on me. I'm not expecting anybody. But we got in the car. He said, I keep seeing something with this cat in this car to my left. And he was like, okay, I'm going to do something real quick. That's, that's all right. I'm going to do something real quick. She said that she wasn't expecting nobody. All right, cool. So we went down the street and gave the impression that we had left for good, right? Mm-hmm. So Smitty, it takes about, for the, the time elapsed is about four minutes total. Mm-hmm. He makes a right, goes into this neighborhood, turns back around, comes back down the same street to to the same house that we we just went to and when we rolled back past she wasn't paying see she wasn't paying attention to the car that we were in we rolled back past guess who guess guess who it was at her door the person that was in the car mm-hmm. that was that was apparently waiting but she said that she wasn't she wasn't waiting on nobody. She wasn't expecting anybody. Mm. So wow. so it was a dude. They were hugged up and wow. all this other stuff. So yeah. So it was like so it was you like did that to oh, show yeah. you. Yeah, I got played. I got played. But mm. no worries. And he and and he was like, see, the one thing he that resonates with me is like, hey, not all women are gonna treat are gonna treat you right. Some of them have an ulterior motive. You just got to know who's real and who's fake. Period. You just you, you. It's a learning experience for you, bro. That's that's basically it. So you doing that? Um, you doing that was it was it wasn't like you to do something like that. No. To leave the house overnight, not say nothing to nobody, and lie about where you were. That wasn't you. That was the first and only time I had ever done that because. I was sheltered all that time. Mm. I had never done anything like that. I couldn't do anything like that because I was always sheltered. And you didn't have communication with your father. Period. At that period. Period. There was no there was no man in the house to you. So at sixteen, the last time you saw and spoke to your father and was at that point. Boy. Oh, another point. My brother wasn't even there either. So it was just me in the house. So your brother wasn't there? No. Where were your brother? Back in Philly with his dad. That was the part we skipped. So he grew up, and your brother grew up in Philly, stayed in Philly. The rest of his life, he was up there in Philly from pretty much, let's see, we were on the east side. Um, when we first moved to Charlotte, mm-hmm. August, of 90s, August of 97, we were at uh, this apartment complex called East Lake. Mm-hmm. Best friend of 20 years, uh, now in Birmingham. We I met him there. She always trusted me with, you know, every even when I was on punishment, still trust me to go there. 
because it was another structured household. Mm. But I was able to have more freedom. But they knew. But August of 97, moved there. Brothers there. When I got to high school, after, after my eighth grade year, and I still have conflicting stories on this too. The conflicting story is, first of all, he didn't come back. My brother didn't come back to Charlotte after my eighth grade year. So the summer that we went to Philly, I came back alone. Mm. He stayed. And I was like, as a young, as young Robert is like, young teenage Robert is like, where is he? What happened? Before y'all, so, so before y'all, um, before you started ninth grade, mm. high school. Yeah. Y'all took a video, y'all went up to Philly, to visit Philly. Yeah, I visited Philly, Philly, every, Philly. Every, every summer, every all summer. the way up until end of high school. Okay, so before you started high school, y'all went, but your brother didn't come back with you. That year, he did not. Oh, he, that year. Well, well, no, what I'm saying is he, he always came back until it was time for me to transition to high school. Yeah, and he, and did, he didn't he, come he back. He never came back. Never came back. Never. So at that point, um, so you're looking, he's about 10, 11. No. Because you're about 16. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because this is no. before ninth grade. So he was a young boy, seven, six, maybe something like Probably that. Probably like six. Yeah, yeah six. So. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what did, what did, how did you feel about that? What did that do to you? Confu- it's a major state of confusion. Like, where's my brother? Isn't he coming back? School's, school's about to be in. What, what's going on here? Did your mother have a conversation with you? No. So you just you just didn't see your brother after that until summertime or whatever when you went to Philly. I didn't even see him then. No. So you started ninth grade. What was the next time you saw your brother after that? You ready for it? Ready for it. 2014. 2014. 2014, he's already first year at Tuskegee University. He's grown. So you're 14 years old, 13, 14. Saw in high school. You didn't see your brother until... Late 30s, uh, late 20s. Correct. Was that tough? You bet. Because it was like, the person I'm supposed to protect was gone. Like, what happened? Conflicting information. He says, oh, well, she just didn't come back and get me. I waited and I waited and I waited and she never came back to get me. So I stayed with my dad. Whatever fallout it was, I don't know. That's between them. But whatever fallout it was, he says, she just never came back and got me. I was ready to come back to Charlotte. His favorite team is the Carolina Panthers, not the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. Because that's where he grew up in Carolina. Right. He grew up looking at that. Right. That was most of his young childhood. His favorite player is Julius Peppers. Not mm. a not a Donovan McNabb. You see what I mean? Like he didn't his his early childhood was in Carolina. Yeah, Carolina so he was right. deeply Absolutely. ingrained in into the Carolina lifestyle that when he goes back to Philly, it's like, Oh, now now I gotta be here. 
I thought I was in a good life. Now I got to come here and watch my back. So what did your mother say? As far as why he didn't come back? Just simp- just simply put. His dad wanted him to be there. Mm. But I didn't. Like I said, that backstory is between them. Mm-hmm. And it's up to them. If they decide to. Want to tell me. But. My brother, my brother said that the the whole hey she left she never came back to get me. She was supposed to ride back up there and get him, bring him back, because he can't fly. He can't do that at a young age, mm-hmm. so he has to. We had to ride back, mm-hmm. and never got him. Just just got me and rolled on, like okay. And I had to find that out. 2014 so you didn't even speak to him either no we spoke oh, oh definitely over the years y'all spoke we, we over the years we spoke yeah oh definitely we spoke never always said happy birthday oh didn't forget a thing but what i'm saying is it's speaking and being there totally two right. totally different dynamics right. and the fact that he's not physically there for me to be able to help him learn a few things mm-hmm. about the things that I was dealing with mm-hmm. in life. I would have been able to teach him not to make the mistake or had he been there, I wouldn't have made that mistake at all mm. because I would have had to watch him. Right. I would so, have had to make sure he doesn't do nothing stupid. Yeah. So not being with your brother over these years since uh, high school, um, affected you in what way? Wow. Um, big time. Because a lot of this, a lot of the crazy decisions that I made as a teenager, I wouldn't have made because I would have been looking at him like, I got to be the example. I'm by myself. What example am I setting? There's nobody here. So I took, so I took my teenage years as kind of like a free for all. Like I don't have anybody here. Mm. Like, I feel like I got to protect myself. And then, you know, you get that, you get that spurt like, oh yeah, I'm getting up there. I'm about to be grown. And then you start trying to do grown things and the grown things don't, don't mesh too well, especially not at that age. But the, the the lasting memory of this is that continues that I wouldn't say continues because now it's it's gotten better. It's gotten better to this day. But the fact the part that hurt me is that mom said she would never forgive me for that. Never. She 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 didn't say it would be a while. She said she said, quote unquote. You got to earn your trust back. I can never forgive you for this. That's the part that hurts the most. The fact that she said, I can never forgive you. How was your relationship after that? Iffy. Up until you were an adult in 20s. Yeah. Even only, only real. I'm, I'm just putting it on the table because it's like. It was rocky. It was rocky. 
It was like, trust wasn't there. Any, anything I said, I could have said the sky was blue. She'd be like, for real? You know, that type of thing. It was like, it was a trickle-down effect. It was really a trickle-down effect. And the recovery of that was a long, grueling process. Long, grueling process. So now you're an adult. Yeah. Graduated high school, go to college? North Carolina A&T. Mm-hmm. North Carolina A&T. Yep. All right. Um, so you're North Carolina A&T. Mm-hmm. Um, did you graduate? I did not. Okay, so how long were you there? One year. One year. Mm-hmm. All right, so you can't, did, what, did you go right after college, uh, right after high school? I did. Okay. Following that following August. Following August. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you're 19, 20. You went one year. So now you're about 20 or so. Yeah. What did you do when you, did you tell yourself you're not going back? Or did you just? No. I wanted to go back, but here's here's what ended up happening. Well, I got there. I felt free. As a sheltered kid, when mm-hmm. you feel free, you make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. More bad decisions. Now as an adult, you're making your first bad decisions as an adult. First bad decision was, all right, I was going to class at first, but then I kept picking 8 a.m. classes, so I wasn't really inclined in getting up at 8 a.m., mm. but now I've chosen those classes, so now I did, I chose those classes because I wanted to get the day over with early, but as far as waking up at that time, it really didn't work out for me. It didn't. And so after a while, I was like, well, dag, was, the school was pretty much paid for for this year. So, you know, it was like a toss up. All right, I'm going to do what I do. I had I had a place to live. It was mm-hmm. in a dorm okay. where I met my life lifelong, another lifelong friend of mine from Grand Rapids, Michigan, Leroy Reed Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he got me through some things, too. I have to credit him, um, even though we were young mm-hmm. and we were we were wilding, but he had more of his head on straight than me. Mm-hmm. His parents, his parents, when they came to town, they always took care of me. They didn't they didn't even know me like that from a can of paint. They just know me as the roommate, but they still took care of me. Mr. Leroy Reed, senior. Mr. and Mrs. We're going to say Mr. and Mrs. Leroy Reed Sr. They had my back when a lot of times, and I don't know if it was stemming from the incident back at 16 that, Mm -hmm. you know, you you couldn't recover the trust from, but only mom came back only to get me, really. We talked, but, you know, she checked on me. Don't get me wrong. We're not saying she didn't check on me. But, you know, only time she was really seen was when it was time to come pick me Mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. at the end of the semester or the holidays or Mm -hmm. something like that. Or I would just take the train myself a lot of times. I would just take the train and get there by the same same evening. And then she would pick me up from there. So it it, like I said, still still rocky, but I was wilding. Swallowing. Like, I mean, I didn't go to class. Matter of fact, Terrence J. Host. Former host. 
106 in Park. Okay. Terrence Jenkins. He uh he was in one of my classes, eight, another 8 a.m. class that I didn't go to. Mm. I could have built a bond with this. This is another thing. The crowd and crazy thing is that he sat right next to me in cl- in that class. Mm. Wow. It was the principles of geography class. I know that it's wild that I still know the class, but that's that speaks to the mm. the vivid memory, the, yeah. the the mental notes that I take along the years. Principles of geography, eight a.m. Tuesday, Thursday. I went to a few classes. That guy sat right next to me, not knowing what kind of powerhouse he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, you know him as the host of. Um, when, when power was on, um, the, the after show power confidential okay. Terrence J he was in think like a man, both movies, you know, you, and he's, and he's done countless shows like one Oh six in park. The reg- another regret here is that I didn't go to those classes. And even if I did poorly in those classes, I missed the chance to bond with people there that could have helped further along. He was also the student government president. He was the SGA president at North Carolina A&T that year. He was the man. You were the only male in the all female dorm. You the man. Mm. You the man. Most popular thing on campus. And I had a, I had an opportunity to bond, to build a lifelong bond with this guy and all I had to do was go to class and do what I was supposed to do. Never. I, I never got that chance. So you're out of school. You mm-hmm. didn't go back. Yep. Financial probation. I was out of, I couldn't get financial aid anymore. Okay. So you're now 2021, right? Yeah. So now what are you doing now? You're back home. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Well, Nothing. Hate to say it. Hate to say it, but I wasn't doing anything. I really wasn't doing anything. And that was the, uh, that was the craziest thing. With me not doing anything, it just, it, I was back at mom's. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm a grown man at mom's house. You know, and you know what the the rule is then. You mm-hmm. got to do something or else you can't stay here. So when there was an understanding that you weren't going back to college, what did y'all do? Did that, how did y'all relationship, what was the dynamic between you and your mother at that point? How were your relationship? Was it still rocky? Was it still? Still rocky. Still rocky. Still rocky. Now it got rockier because now I just wasted a year of college. Right. And financial aid. Went down the drain. Did you feel that she just never really believed in you? Or y'all just had a just rocky relationship? No, it was just rocky. Okay. She believed. It was just rocky. And I wasn't doing anything to improve that at the time. Right. I wasn't doing anything to improve it. So at this moment, so at this time, you really didn't even know who you were. 21. No. You don't, you don't know who you are. Nope. Not at all. You're just floating. You're just going by trying to figure float, out things. Float on. That's what I was doing. Okay. And that's what prompted her to say, look, can't stay here no more. You can't. At what age was that? 
Uh, that was 19, actually. Nin it was 19. 19, and then you went to college. 19, transitioning, transitioning to 20 just about. Oh, okay. This is um, after college. It was after college. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. When so I came back. When you came when back. I came back home and lived at mom's for a little bit. And at that point in time, it was like I wasn't doing anything. I was just chilling. Like, I'm supposed to be there. This is home. Mom's got it. Mom's got it. She took me back in. Cool. I'm good. What do I need to do? Yeah, well, life hits you after that. Because when she tossed me, because when she said, no, nah, you're really not doing anything. You know, you're a grown man. You you can make your own decisions now. So, you know, you haven't stepped up. So you got to go. You got to go. I'm not going to have no grown man in my house. You know, not not doing anything, not contributing to anything. What or, did you do? Or the 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 more quoted version is you're not going to turn out like your father. Mm. Because of his, you know, because he dropped out of high school. So at 19 years old, last time you heard from your father when you was since a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Seven, eight. Um, I would say about nine-ish. Nine-ish? Yeah. Oh, when your brother was born around that time. Yeah, I think that right, right that around time. that time. Okay, okay. I think, it, I think the communication stopped after she married him. Oh, they did get married? Okay. Yeah, they got married in uh, 94. Okay. Matter of fact, they got married the same day OJ was in the Bronco. Because I came home remembering the, the news Bronco. reports coming out that OJ was in the Bronco. Wow. And I was sitting in the living room with my godmother, Yvette. Yvette that was her friend, her uh, mm -hmm. bridesmaid. And we were sitting on the floor in front of the big screen television watching OJ and the Bronco. Police chase. Wow. Same day. That's how I remember that so vividly. The wedding date was that same day. Mm. Crazy, right? Time in, his, time in history, time in my life of history, and then it becomes American history. Wow. So now you're nineteen twenty. Yeah. Brother say you can't stay here. Nope. What happens now? What did you do for your next few years of your life? Took all my stuff and I went to Oh. By the way, coming back to that coming back to that church, that Pineville Church in Nazarene. Mm -hmm. After that incident at sixteen, mm -hmm. I also had to face the pastor. Who I blamed Okay For that wow. I had to face him We sat in, It was me Mom And um, the Pastor's wife The first lady I had to I had to sit in front of them And I had to have a closed door meeting with them And Pray for forgiveness Of this situation The pastor forgave me Way back when then them the the church the, the all that family all that family they they forgave me then it was only one that I just couldn't get and it it kept going so we'll get back to that in a second so now you ask me about what I did then after she kicked me out mm -hmm. so I went back to that church and I had my I had my duffel bag in my hand and I was like. You know, I, my mom just, my mom actually dropped me off in front of the door and pulled off. 
And I just stood there and watched her pull off. And I was just like, well, what do I do now? Still floating on. What do I do now? All right. So I said, so I buzzed the front. They let me in and they knew it was me. Very well loved there by all of those people. Who's they? And, uh, the, well, the, the church people. Oh, okay. Um, they knew me very well. They knew, they knew, uh, they had known me since pretty much 15 years old. So that was basically my place to go to when I needed to know what I need to do next. So it was just me by myself. I pick up the phone. I call my best friend from, uh, he was, he was still living in Carolina. Mm -hmm. He was back and forth from Birmingham to Carolina. This time it just so happens he's in Carolina. Matter of fact, fairly close down the street. So I called him up and I said, Hey man, my mom's kicked me out the house, man. And I, I just don't have anywhere to stay. Um, I'm, you know, I don't know, man. And he's like, he was like, what? Your mom kicked you out and yada, yada, yada. And you know, we, we talk and he said, man, you could come, man, you could come live with us. You know, I'll, I'll talk to my mom and, and whatnot, and you can live with us and, you know, we'll start there. So they came, picked me up. We went down the street. It was, uh, you know, they were in the apartment. I started living there. And, um, but yet again, still hasn't progressed. Now it's me and him floating, not, mm. do not doing anything. We were just chilling. We were just going about life. And now you got two peas in the pot that, Went to mid that grew that grew up with each other mid, from middle school to now, mm -hmm. boom a twenty now a twenty plus year friendship. Him and his family took me in. His mom's was like, "Oh yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely, bring him in, bring him in." But we're still floating. So how long were you floating until you kind of got grounded a little bit? <laughs> I'm glad you segued to that because I was floating, floating, floating until uh, one night. Small, we we were. She had had a task for us to go out and bring home ten app, ten job applications. Right. Okay. Cool. Okay. So went went and got 10 applications and yada 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 but we weren't filling them out we were just bringing them home saying all right we got applications we're good and she was in the middle of cooking and she blew her top his, his mom his mom blew the roof off that sucker when i tell you and i boy I remember it verbatim, but I'm going to be clean on here because she cussed us flat out. Mm. She said, what you're not going to do is be, she sat us down uh, because now, now two became three because his cousin now okay. came to live from us from Birmingham because he was getting into trouble. So she figured it'd be better to have all three of us there. So now we're all floating on air. She sat us down on that couch and said, what you're not going to do is be sitting around here looking like kings. Y'all are not y'all are not kings yet. If in order for you to be kings, you have to go out there and you have to work for it. 
be be real kings don't sit around here looking like i got it and not yada yada y'all y'all think i'm some kind of bank or something like that y'all think i just got it like that no i don't have it like that so what you're going to do is you're going to fill out these applications and this that and the third and then she said you know what no 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 scratch that i don't even want you to do that i want to hear what your plans are and she went down the line i said well you know i i need to yeah i definitely need to get a job but she when we we've been talking about fear the last few days but she definitely instilled fear because i was like man if i don't get this job i'm gonna be put out again and this time i won't have an out mm-hmm. i won't know where to go at that point i'm just gonna be just out here i'm really mm-hmm. be floating now so what i did was um Brandon got his job back. Brandon's the friend of 20 years. He got his job back and then he brought me in. Okay. To fill out an application. And same, same thing with the cousin, but the cousin ended up working somewhere else. Hmm. So oh, were you then? Now I was uh, 20. Oh, this is all the same few months. Okay. Yeah. Same few months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it didn't last long that we were just sitting there chilling, coming mm-hmm. in, doing what we going out, doing what we wanted, coming back and not doing anything, just just lounging mm-hmm. around and letting life go by without doing something with our lives. And she she really took it to us. And now that conversation right there woke me up. Woke me all the way up. Period. So so that happened. So it woke, so it woke me up. And then um, we ended up, I ended up getting the job where he got his job back and I got hired right along with, with them. And then I said, you know what? I need to start doing stuff on my own. I need to start living on my own because I can't, I can't be confined to rules mm-hmm. like that. Okay. You know, because I've been sheltered because I, I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. want to be under, you know, my house, my rules type thing. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to elevate and I'm going to go to Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm going to move there. I'm going to get a job with benefits and I'm still going to keep the same job that I have at the store. So I'm going to do two jobs up there just to make ends meet so I can live on my own and be in my own space. Mm-hmm. So I went and did that. This is still 20 years old. Wow. Okay. So when, when I say she woke me up, she woke me up for life at that point because nobody else was saying anything. I still have conversations with grandma, still have my back, but what could she do? She's all the way in Philly. What should she do? Mm. You know what I mean? Were you talking to your mother? Yeah. We out after she put me out. No, not Not like that. Mm. They wanted me to, but so you're twenty. I was like, I have nothing to talk about. You, you. you, I mean, the only thing I could think about, I didn't understand it at that point. The only thing I could think about is, yo, you put me out. I don't have nothing to talk about. What I need to talk about? Mm. But they want. But Brandon's mom wanted me to continue to talk. Okay. But I'm my mindset is. Why? For what? So you're 20 now with two two jobs now, right? 22 jobs, 
Um, me and Brandon's mom rolled all the way up there to UPS in Greensboro and rolled all the way back. And then I got hired on at UPS in Greensboro. And then I and then I moved the driver? out there. As a driver? No, driver? not as a driver. I oh. was a uh, I was a loader. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I was on PD seven, loading loading trucks. Okay, Raleigh, Knoxville, the pick off sorting, all of that. So yeah, I felt like I was I was on my high horse. I was in the best shape of my life. I had a eight pack. I was oh, I was, <laughs> I was flexing. I was flexing. I felt really good. I said, "Yo, I'm really feeling like I'm doing. I'm doing this man stuff right. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. This time, I don't have. I don't have a child yet. I don't okay. have a child yet. That's coming. Did you? Um. So, uh, so you eventually moved out. Yeah, I moved out. Moved to Greensboro, and okay. um, I was maintaining. I mm-hmm. did two jobs. I did the store in the morning. Got off at got off at about two, and then. Got maybe about a 30-minute break before I went on to UPS for the rest of the night. Mm. So, yeah, a lot of days I was super tired. But you know what? I maintained. I did what I had to do. How long you did that? For a year. For a year and a half, actually. Excuse me. For a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So, a year and a half. Um, Slim Greensboro. Uh, year and a half for both jobs? Or are you still working that? You just got rid of both of them? A uh, year and a half uh, for both of them, mm-hmm. and then I got rid of UPS because, uh, well, for one, it was taking a toll on my it was taking a toll on my body. Now, at a you at a very young age, it was taking a toll on my body, mm-hmm. and on top of that, the conditions that I was working in, I had I had passed out in the truck mm. on a day where and. I'm gonna tell you, the hard living in Greensboro, hard living in Greensboro. But at the time, I'm young. All my money went into where I was living. I had to keep a roof over my head. Yeah. So when you're trying to keep a roof over your head, you're sacrificing other things. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't mm-hmm. eating. I was super skinny. I was mm. super skinny with an eight pack because I was lifting boxes all night long. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was a toothpick. Mm. Toothpick with an eight pack. That's basically what it was. She let it go, and then what did you? What did you get after that? I just did the store. I expanded my hours at the uh, at the same store that I was hired at back in Charlotte. Okay, I had transferred, and so I just ended up getting more hours. I started working more full time there, and then that was it. So, so you're now. Let's see, twenty two, twenty three ish. Um, start at twenty one. 21 Yeah cause At uh, 21 So you still Even though you're still working You got your own spot You're still kind of floating Trying to figure you out Trying to learn who you are As mm-hmm. a person Right Right Um So Um You were pretty much did, At any point Did you realize Or did you Did you suffer Or did you experience depression Mm. My actions wouldn't have showed that, but deep inside, yes. So thinking back now, like at now, you thinking back at twenty one, mm-hmm. you could definitely say you were depressed at that point. At that point, yeah, I just didn't show it. You to just anybody. didn't. Sh- All right. Did you realize it then? No. No, I didn't. No. Okay. But now thinking. So now back, thinking back, thinking what I'm back, yeah, it was a state of depression mm-hmm. because it was like, you know, I. It was almost a thing like, 
well, wow, did anybody, did anybody want me to be around? You know, like when you start thinking these things, it's like, do, but then on top of that, I wasn't eating. Mm. I wasn't eating anything. I was, I was starving myself to keep a roof over my head. Yeah. Depression set in, Mm. but I figured that's what I had to do as a man to be a real man. I had, I figured that's what I had to do. I had to sacrifice a lot. What changed for you to eat now? You got another job? What changed? Mm, No, nothing changed at Greensboro. Nothing changed at Greensboro. That's why I had to eventually leave Greensboro. Because now, at 21, as we talked about 21, Mm -hmm. 21 was a time where during my floating period of time, now I'm floating. Now I'm floating mm-hmm. with two jobs, and guess what the mindset is? Yo, I'm the man right now. Mm-hmm. I got two jobs. Yo, I could easily approach a woman with, yo, I got two jobs. I'm working, and, and you know what I mean. I'm making things happen. I got my own spot. That's the perfect credentials that a woman wants to hear, right? Mm-hmm. So then this, so then this woman came across me. Okay, and she had my daughter. Mm. How old your daughter now? 12. 12. She'll be 13 this year. August 22nd, 2007. She was born. 2006, however. Then, like, December 2, around to December-ish, 2006. It was super, it was super rainy outside. And she was on her way back. She, I said, yo, you know what? And for her safety, just to protect her, because we were, we, we were really tight at that mm-hmm. point. She, I, she was traveling from somewhere and I said, you really shouldn't be out in this. You really should be a lot safer. So I really don't think with all this going on, I think it was like a tropical storm that mm-hmm. was coming over remnants or something and it was flooded roads. So she could easily hydroplane. So thinking about her safety, mm-hmm. you know, as a man, protect, provide, here's my protection kicking in like you know what? You really shouldn't drive the rest of the way until it gets, until this rain lets up or something, until these waters recede. So why don't you just come? Why don't you just come stop by where I'm at and just stay the night, and then you know, just in the morning we'll we'll just take it from there. Mm. Now she already had a thing for me, mm-hmm. so it was easy for her to make that decision to come through. She came through. Mm-hmm. She stayed over. Mm-hmm. My, you know, I I hadn't had none so mm-hmm. in a while, so it rushed, and it, and, and it went down. But I wasn't protected, mm-hmm. and so that's how it ended up happening. Um, were y'all together? Or y'all were just friends at the point where nah, that we was. We was Friends with with those benefits, okay. man. Yeah. See, y'all didn't y'all didn't really know each other. Y'all just had a liking for each other at that moment. Y'all, mm-hmm. y'all yeah, used that did. moment, and um. Yeah. So after your daughter was born, did y'all try to stay together or no? We tried, but the fact that it was really, it was really getting hard for me, because and I knew, hey, look, all right, I got a baby on the way. I got to make some things happen. I mean, I and here they're not doing it for me. 
So I had to move back to Charlotte. I had to. I had no other choice. I couldn't struggle there mm-hmm. and take care of a child. So I had to up my I had to up my standards of life. I had to up my way of life instantly because I only had a few months to prepare. How am I going to be able to provide for my child if I'm doing this? Mm. If if now if I have a child and I stay here, I just don't have a roof over my head then. Mm. And I'm just really out there trying to make it happen. Is she from Charlotte, the, your daughter's mother? From Greensboro. Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you moved that back to Charlotte. So I moved back to Charlotte. Well, who? Me. No, just me. Oh, just you. Okay. I moved back to Charlotte and you tried to get, you know, a different job that was going to, that was going to help things because I knew what I needed to do. Mm. There was a, you know, the, now the fatherly instinct comes in to where I know what I got to do. I got to, I got to step it up. Being here is not, being in Greensboro is not going to help me further. Mm. So I have to go back to the big market and find something quickly to make it happen. Did you find something? I did. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I did. And I was managing a, I became a manager okay. of a, of a retail store. This, this was my retail days. Mm. Uh, this is the, the, when I, after I did that, um, well, Tuesday morning was the store okay, that store? I was working okay, at okay. For, first, um, with Brandon. And then I transferred from there. That's what, what started my retail days, okay. my experience in retail. So I became manager of a, uh, of a mall kiosk and they were paying me really good. And I said, yeah, good. Now I'm in a better spot. I can provide for my daughter. Okay. I could do that. So it was, at this point, it was an understanding that y'all won't be together. And you just take care yeah, of your yeah, daughter. Yeah, it's definitely an understanding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. However, some people don't, other people don't take that understanding that well. The way she took that understanding was I was running from my responsibilities. Mm. And I wouldn't dare. I knew. I already knew. It didn't take a paternity test for me to know. She assumed I was running away from my responsibilities. When all I was trying to do was make a better life so that I can provide. I willingly decided, willingly, I don't know how many brothers do this. I willingly decided to go on child support and I cooperated. I didn't mind because I wanted to make sure for certain, no matter what happens, that she's taken care of, period. And that was real. Mm. I don't know how many brothers these days will even willingly go on child support just to ensure that there's a portion. There's a portion going to her well-being, mm-hmm. something in a substantial amount. I agreed upon it. I signed off on it. I did all of that. Mm. She only decided to put me on child support because I wasn't up under her. She told me that. Later, but she told me that. She wanted me to be up under her all of that time and continue to struggle. I can't live that way of life. Mm. I, can't, I can't live that way of life. Yes, it hurts, but that was a decision I had to make in order for me to really be able to provide. Sometimes you have to make those tough, and that was the toughest decision ever in life I had to make was to move away. 
Was she? Did she ever try to keep her away from you? Huh. Uh, 